I would like to show my respect and acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands on which these interviews take place. I would also like to respectfully acknowledge the Wangal people, who are the traditional custodians of the land on which I live and work. Because that's a lot of um, research studies about natural connection, you improve your um, well-being uh, by a bit much. So, and and and. And some disability help to stimuli in the brain to something is sensory, like hear, feel, or taste, or something like that. It's very important. I'm Prema, the host of this podcast, What Can We Do? In each episode, I speak to someone or an organization that's making impact. You will learn about the issue, why it exists, the challenges, but most importantly, how you can be a part of the solution. My hope is that you can take away two to three tips each episode that will support you in your helping journey. Today, I have with me Matthew Townsend, who is the founder and chief executive officer of Nature Freedom. Uh, yes, I'm Matthew Townsend. I'm the founder and CEO of Nature Freedom. So um, we're a social enterprise non-profit organisation based up in Brisbane, um, running social inclusive outdoors and environmental activities for people from all walks of life, including their with disability, who are, are coming vulnerable backgrounds and who are young. So with this opportunity for them to explore and share and hopefully some community engagement and employment opportunity. Can you tell me about why you set up Nature Freedom? Um, so I have a, a disability. So I, I grew up with the living at school and um, in university with challenges in my hearing and, and social barriers around understanding uh, the communication. Yeah. So um, when I was in high school, um, I was falling in passion with nature uh, through um, a recreational camp, um, which is for people with hearing loss. They do held annually every year. Um, it was all that in the bush area of northern New South Wales. And it's really, really beautiful. So back then, like spending a whole week doing some rock climbing to canoeing, kayaking, bushwalking activity during the week to get me really close to nature. So I often felt left out of um, environmental and adult organisations over the years since when I was a child and also struggled find um, employment, uh, especially if I'm already qualified, have volunteered internship experience. So... Um, that where Nature Freedom start by um, creating that space where no one else is there. When you started Nature Freedom, what did you have in mind? Well, it's a little bit like it's my experience with disability. I thought that there would be a lack of awareness around inclusion. So I thought inclusion is a really big deal, uh, not just for people with disability. It's about when everyone wants to be a part of something, especially in that shared interest, common interest, or then passion, and people will get on. There's so much potential in that space. So, for 
starting up the business to create something in that space. And that's why it's a big difference right now. Because looking back, it's not very much that now it works out. <laughs> so, um, so what I thought that some sort of work around co-design um, and understand how design thinking should work with people in very different diverse backgrounds. So um, I did involve a little bit uh, around social justice, but I realised I need to step back a little bit and see a little bit more professionally understanding building um the relationship with um government stakeholders collaborators all that kind of stuff right it's very important stage what type of programs does nature freedom have uh, at the moment um well okay so back in there we had inclusive paddling which is this uh, a brand of inclusion outdoor activity for kayaking and canoeing it's more accessible and and the people can walk life in there. So it's been very popular since the start of Um Now we have um, a contract with local government running environmental craft, bushwalking program. Uh, it's been successful about almost six to eight months now for around school holidays period focus. Um, it's been very successful trying to bring people without disability or with the other identity with people with disability. So that was really good. Um, but we did a lot of um, benchmarks, community events like Clean Up Australia Day, School um, Tree Day, uh, Youth Week, Mental Health Week, all that. It's all about like that awareness. And so it's a focus on um, outdoor adventure experience and trying to bring people back to nature. So this year is going to be another step in progress to um, build that foundation with partnership with this committee um, where they look and look at like how to support young people, um, get engagement, inspiring in that kind of way to get at nature. There's so much to do. You know? <laughs> when you launched Nature Freedom. What was the response like? Well, I did a little bit of a volunteer experience with the land care uh, for that time when I first started. So I had some um, supporters um, around that space to help me to, um, you know, when you start out the business, to go incubate the ideas. So I had some support in that space. And we should, I'm still friends with them today. <laughs> um, they figured they watched my journey from there to now. So, um, so they have some sort of um, engagement with other people, potentially like contact with people. And starting from scratch, it's really like getting out myself out there more, letting people know. Within the industry, uh, outdoor Queensland, for example, Landcare, Australia, and where all that was first started, it started to progress with all that, um, you know, like channeling with the stakeholders. So we've got a lot of content now that's actually been a lot more of organic approach. So, uh, yeah, it started really, really small. Um, it's like with people you already know within the network. What was the response like from your patrons? So uh, the people who 
come and participate in your programs? Yeah, it, um, it's a really interesting question, that one, because when I first started, I was a sole trader. It's because I thought on my own, my own around this issue. It then over years to that point in time, I'm the only one person I know who have passion with nature. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to hide myself and do what I try to do my best with that. So when I come to the first um, inclusive paddling event in August 2018, that was the first community event. And then as people saw the permission online, I went to um, like a network of outdoor Queensland, some disability network that I'm already involved in. They came along. And then we just sat down after the kayak canoe. We just kept talking about, oh, it made me realise there is more people out there too. You know, like they have a story as well, you know, and they love about the environment. And, and I come across this, um, which is a happen to be my friend of mine now, um, he's vision impaired. He's, he's love about climate change, social justice area. And it is how we found out. Um, four or five years later, he's still with us. He went to the um, joining activity just Saturday, just then. They, they see that, like, where people respond. It's about the interest and um, what's captured. It made me feel like I'm not alone on this. How many events have you run to date and how many people have participated over the years? So I'll probably have been at least about um, 50 events since. Um, and probably over, or probably over 250 participants joined, including the regulars that come and return. So um, just getting there. Um, yeah, so I'm still crunching the numbers at the moment about um, social impact measurement. Um, and now we've got a team of volunteers that work with us. We've got team members. So it's just about crunching their number. Is Nature Freedom volunteer run or are there paid staff members? Uh, a little bit both, but there's currently only one paid staff at the moment. Because we just a bit hit hard by COVID um, the last two years, getting in and out of lockdowns and stuff. So we're mostly run by volunteers. So we have um, a director and the board team, including advisory members. So they do voluntary basis, their time commitment per month. And, and we have two um, volunteer teams. So this is very recently um, grown. Um, we have three teams on the marketing communication side. So one of their team members has been with only one volunteer for a year and a half. And, and then we have new teams just started an event activity coordination for helping out um, participants with some um, limited mobility or physical disability and the activity as well facilitating their workshop. So that's expanded too. So we have um, five volunteers and still growing at the moment. It can be any moment. You know, I might have an email now. now. <laughs> I ask myself about what I learned about finding the right people. So I find it very important in my journey as well. Um, I struggle finding the right people. It's not because there's no numbers out there. So 
I'm both an employee and as well an employer. Because I have another job. I just came from literally sat down from home, you know. So um you know, employee always look for skills and experience. Yeah. So that that's the standard, right? In terms of selection criteria to qualification, which is the mandatory to that. So what I learned there, I kept focusing on looking for right people about a year ago. So I kind of regret that situation uh, that I'm sure I focused a little bit more about their attitude and personality and their passion. I'm sure I have interviewed people around that question about why you want to be the part of the team, that what's your passion, what you're hoping to get more out of it. So the team members now have it actually work out very well and they're very happy and they're excited. We're getting along and it could have focus on their um their passion, their personality and their attitude and that is very important. I will probably send you a bit of piece of art if you listen to this. <laughs> yeah, so I it's important to find people that can align with your values and have that same passion. How did Nature Freedom adapt during COVID? Yeah, well, when the first lockdown started in 2020, we couldn't do anything. So, you know, online is not really our option. Uh, it's about getting out of the house and doing something. So, um, so when the lockdown started in March 2020, it didn't come back until August that year. So um, since then, until this year, uh, it's been, uh, I've been down a bit. Some events have been cancelled or moved. Uh, I have asked one of the government grants to push forward the equitable report four times. And yeah, it's crazy. So now uh, we had the controversy that where we are, um, especially this year and beyond, we're able to manage. This is the new normal, so but there is no change in how we accommodate people in our when you're outside. It's because it's more isolated from crowded places or the indoor places, so we tend to avoid that. Even though you have designed a organization to include people who are traditionally left out, it is actually for everyone, and that's how other organisations should be working? Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's just trying to send you the message that um, because in, the, in the business world, if you're looking at big community disability providers, for example, you look at how their business model sets the support or specific identity or disability, they've taken a lot of profit out of it. So it, because that's how systems work. So... So more importantly, it's like, yes, like you said about trying to include people feels like, feels safe. That, that's the most important. And also giving them a chance to explore about an environment at the same time because there's a lot of um, research studies about nature connection to improve your um, well-being uh, by a bit much. So, and, 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 and some disability help their stimuli in their brain to something is sensory, like hear, feel, 
photos or something like that. It's very non-official type environment. So if it's like when you're indoor, it's not really uh, that progressive because they get overwhelming. So especially with someone on the autism spectrum or something like ADHD, and then it's very important to get them feel something more natural. So uh, that was my concern with very large providers that actually not be, not invitative enough in that space. But that's what the measure we're trying to try to make it more inclusive because people have no chance to learn about each other like a story or experience that could re- reduce great assumption about their behaviour or communication style. What are your plans for the coming years? Perhaps where do you want to be in five years as an organisation? Okay. Yeah. All right, so uh, at the moment, we are working on expansion on other um, adult activities under similar branding of the Inclusive Paddling. So we're launching an inclusive bushwalking program in April during the youth week. So that's a very important benchmark for us. So we've got a lot of stakeholders jumping on that already. Um, that's one. Uh, because the Inclusive Paddling have been running up to six times a year, so we're trying to give it another benchmark. Um, another thing is about um, creating employment and training opportunities where you have people who want to be outdoor instructor, the guide, around uh, ecotourism, indigenous engagement. Um, so we, we have working with our partners to do training for them. So we can create more application in the West space where. Um, that's a very big thing, and it's a big deal as well. You know, disability and employment rate is a bit low in Australia. Um, and the other thing is um, we have been thinking about like resource resource management. I mean, uh, because it's a little bit of a passion myself about reducing uh, waste issue. So I thought there would be another important opportunity to create there as well. But, um, it's not very much called focus creating um, at the moment. You just want to get that inclusive branding out there more to get the people to know more about uh, what we do rather than mixing things up. Yeah. How can people support Nature Freedom or find out more about what you do? Yeah, um, so we're pretty much everywhere online. So you can check out our website um, at naturefreedom.org.au and you can check it out on Facebook and LinkedIn. There's some, some ways to um, help donate us. So we've got a donation page on our website. The last question I would like to ask is why is Nature Freedom's work important and what is the value of co-design yeah good question so um so my previous uh, um, statement around branding and values in inclusion so we're looking at like a big picture we're in Australia in terms of education, employment, 
or even community. Um, what I felt in my journey leading towards studying at Nessie Freedom is like where is the space for people like us to be involved? So, and then I can't change people thinking or attitudes or belief or opinion. But the problem is about what you're saying, design thinking. It's very limited. Uh, so I have no capability to what how co-design works. So and I thought I'd come and learn in one workshop, learn about co-design. It's like this makes sense. So co-design, I thought this we should have a little bit more democracy. In this space, we involve people with disability in consultation, meeting, uh, or something had a voice and say how they can build included. And that, that was the biggest point uh, in my first year running the organisation. It's really about listening to other people and learn from them and that will give you a best position for your leadership. So um, this is what I feel missing. In the whole Australian society, we need a lot of catching up around how to make it education and employment community will be more inclusive. Not by tokenish where you see you read online, but practically actually where you see the people really involved. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe or follow it on social media. Your support will help this podcast reach more listeners. This podcast is produced by Samoham Media.